Before we start today, let me tell you about Peterson Toyota, who just sponsored the 75th annual Larimer County PRCA Rodeo this past weekend. Three great days of fun, and it only makes sense that Peterson is involved in the local community as they've served Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tinmouth for more than 50 years. When you visit Peterson Toyota dealership, you'll receive first-class attention, whether it be a service appointment or help picking out the right part for your Toyota, or test driving a new or pre-owned vehicle. If your heart is set on a new Toyota, come check out the 2024 Grand Highlander. They've got a demo to test drive and several more on the way. Whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the one that is right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Hard to believe we're approaching the end of summer. My kids are back in school. Mike Rowe, our co-host and teacher of youth, is also back in school. And we're less than three and a half weeks until the season opener versus Washington State at Canvas Stadium. Cannot wait for that. And while it's been fun seeing camp open and some of the stories and reports and footage come out of camp, like the rest of the college football world, all of us Ram fans have been consumed by the latest round of conference realignment and the implosion of the Pac-12 conference. Hard to believe what has happened in the last couple of weeks. Just absolute insanity. Unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know that only Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State remain in the pack. There's been talk of a straight merger between those four schools and the entire Mountain West, which I think would be ideal. You take over the pack name. You allow those four pack schools to keep whatever conference revenue remains, you know, those basketball credits um, to help so- offset the the upcoming massive decline in annual TV revenue they're about to experience. And then you try to re- renegotiate with your Mountain West current existing TV partners, CBS and Fox, and try to line, line up a deal maybe with Apple TV Plus <clears throat> and uh, and you know, maybe get a streaming deal in the interim that would give them access to any games not picked up by CBS and Fox and kind of take the place of our Mountain West uh, online network, you know, and that would kind of be a great test run, I guess, for a a deal with with Apple, you know, and see how that goes, put the Pac-12 network on there. And, you know, obviously be getting a huge, they'd be doing it at a huge discount is what they had been offering the original Pac-12 members. But um, and then, then you try to renegotiate your your deal once your TV deal with your existing partners expires after 2025 and 26. So I don't know. That's that latter part was all just kind of stuff going through my head. But but that is one option of a full merger. It seems unlikely um, to to put it mildly. It seems pretty clear that Stanford, at a minimum, is not going to be willing to align with some of the so-called bottom feeders of the Mountain West or teams that it feels is that that are beneath them academically. And there's a few of those in our league. You know, that mentality, however, helped blow up the Pac-12 where they kind of thumbed their noses a little bit down at uh, at the Big 12 and, and not wanting to, to take teams from the Big 12 because they thought that those institutions were inferior academically. And, and now they are where they are, where there's only four teams left. So you would hope that they see the writing on the wall and relent a little bit. Obviously they're going to do everything in their power, uh, any everything possible to not have to merge 
with the Mountain West. They'll push hard to, you know, make a one last push for the Big Ten, which doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. Uh, could it happen down the road? Possibly. Um, and obviously the latest rumors are they're talking to the ACC, which is so bizarre. Uh, you got Pacific Coast schools uh, going to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Just, uh, I guess, this whole what we've learned in realignment is that nothing makes sense anymore, but uh, the money there would certainly be better. Um, and you're with some prestigious schools there. So uh, you can see why they will try to make that work if it will. If it doesn't work out, then probably most likely at least Stanford would look at independence. Not sure how you survive with what do they've got 30 athletic programs. You know, how do you go independent? They would probably have to put their Olympic sports somewhere else. Uh, West Coast Conference. I don't know. Is that going to be good enough for them? Would the Mountain West take them? I, I would, actually. Uh, I wouldn't put that on the table first, but if they wanted to park their Olympic sports in the Mountain West, God, they've got the best athletic department in the country when it comes to Olympic sports. So certainly you would have to look at that. Um, Cal, would they do the same? Can they go independent? I don't know. They're in huge debt. Um, this situation is not ideal timing for them uh, when they're they're in debt and they're trying to invest and uh and now they're going backwards in revenue if they don't find a landing spot and the Mountain West is their only option. So I don't know if independence is an option for them or not. I don't know if they have a true shot at the ACC or not. It sounds like there's discussions going on. So Oregon State and Washington State seem like their, their options for those two teams there are, are probably only at this point a restocked pack conference or to join the Mountain West. And there was a... Uh, a report by Dennis Dodd of CBS who reported that San Diego State was trying to form a new conference and was was trying to uh, lead several Mountain West schools to join the four remaining PAC schools, as well as the top AAC teams, the American Conference, you know, and then you basically would be backfilling the pack with with that um, or that that's what it seemed like they should be doing. But this actual report said they were trying to form a new league, which didn't make sense to me, because if that was the case, it, it wouldn't that wouldn't be the first step. You'd be trying to rebuild the pack and it wouldn't be San Diego State leading the charge. It would be the four remaining pack schools trying to handpick from the Mountain West and then handpick from the the American. So um, that was just a weird report and they refuted it. And uh, so who knows what what is the truth there or not, but here's the deal. I mean, if, if, if the pack does not want to merge directly with the Mount West, which seems fairly unlikely at this point to, to go all 12 Mountain West schools and go to a 16 team conference with the remaining pack, um, doesn't sound like Stanford and Cal are going to go for that. In that case, what if they tried to restock their league with a handful of Mountain West teams and a handful of American teams that would require the Mountain West schools paying a $34 million exit fee for next if they wanted to leave for next season. And that's obviously a problem. So the problem would be a problem for CSU. It would be a problem for most schools in the Mountain West. Uh, I think I think there was a few like CSU probably would try to find a way to make that happen. But many in the Mountain West could not do that, I'm guessing. And especially, especially if the revenue situation in the new pack is not vastly better than it would be in the Mountain West. And there's no guarantees there. So um, sure, there is some value in the pack name, uh, even if all the, most of the, the teams are different, but the money situation would be real. You know, if there's not a, a real TV deal there, certainly Apple Plus is not going to come back with the same numbers they did for the original members. Could it be more? Yes. But would that additional, would it be enough to offset the $34 million payment? 
you know, the, the PAC could mitigate this a little bit by adding only minimal schools, some American schools for 2024. You need six members to be an official league, apparently. And then because uh, they have a smaller buyout, I believe 10 million to, to exit the American. And then you could add the rest, uh, the Mountain West selection two years from now, which would save those schools 17 million because it'd be 17 million if you give uh, a full uh, two years in advance. So all this being said, if nine Mountain West schools depart and go join a new pack, the league would then, the Mountain West would then be left with just three teams and would have to dissolve at that point. The exit fees would go away. Um, and so that would be an option. Obviously you would be sticking it to a few schools that would be left out. And, uh, with what you just saw happen with the pack and as bad as we all felt for, for that conference, at least I did, I would kind of hate seeing us do that to some members of our own league and granted schools like San Jose state, maybe even Nevada, Hawaii, um, you could probably live without those schools. Um, they've got lesser stadiums and uh lesser support but uh you'd still feel bad about it um i think you have to do it if it comes to that you don't definitely don't want to be on the wrong end of that if you're csu or any other mountain west teams but uh i don't know some sort of a merger or backfield pack to me is probably the best option obviously the the vultures are going to try and take some of this but ideally you would keep some of the bull tie-ins that they've got already you'd already have a foot in the door with negotiations for apple apple plus which obviously at this point would be for less money um, than they offered for the original Pac-12 teams. But most importantly, by keeping that Pac name, perhaps you keep the autonomous designation for the college football playoff money because currently they are in line to, to make the same amount of money as the other A5 uh, leagues. Previously, the, the A5 or what's called P5, a lot of people refer to P5, they're supposed to get a bigger payout from the college football playoff money than the G5 school. So I'm guessing that will probably be redone and taken away from the PAC, whichever, however it's reformed. And that money will be hoarded by the A4 conferences now. But maybe it's not, maybe the, the new PAC wouldn't fall entirely into just the same scraps that all the other G5 leagues get. Maybe there's some sort of consideration there by these other power conferences that want to throw the pack a bone after seeing what the, what the decimation that they just faced and how unfair all that that was so as of now the top six champs are supposed to get a spot in the college football playoff in 2024 we all know that those power leagues are going to try to swoop in and take away one of those spots and drop that down to five so that they can get more at-large spots available to them now that they have bigger conferences doesn't seem likely they're going to stand for two non-autonomous leagues getting an auto berth into the playoff but even if that does happen and they go to five berths, you'd have to think that the pack, the new pack, however it's reformed, would be the clear cut favorite for that spot each year. It'd probably be the strongest league on paper going into every year. So, you know, knowing that you win your league and you get a spot in the playoff, that's that's pretty that's pretty enticing, especially when we look at these other bloated conferences now and uh, how hard it's going to be for those those teams to win their league and get that auto spot, you know, you're going to have to be vying these, these power, these big bloated power conferences are now going to have to try to get multiple at-large bids to get in there. If all of that fails, keeping the Mountain West as is and adding Oregon State and Washington is not a bad end result. You know, they are two new markets. They're two new decent brands to your league. You would hope that TV will work. You know, the existing Mountain West partners would work with the league and give it at least a slight bump in payout. 
to account for them and to bring in those brands. And, you know, you, you maintain a a regional league with history and rivalries. It's not the end of the world. Um, Of course, we all wanted CSU to be one of those schools that was targeted and taken by a P5 league, like the big 12 or the PAC 12 that stayed together to, to find a way into one of those and all the benefits that come with it. But unfortunately, our program was terrible. Unfortunately, the worst possible time for an extended period of time. The eight, the past eight years have been terrible, and it just couldn't couldn't have been more untimely for that to happen. But what you cannot have happen now, <laughs> when you've got this opportunity in front of you, is for something like the American League, the American Athletic Conference, to be more aggressive and uh, give some sort of a sweetheart deal to entice Oregon State and Washington State to the American Conference. And then the Mountain West misses out on those two teams that really kind of perfectly align with the league, athletically, academically, geography. So that should be the minimum end result of all this. And you would hope that maybe Commissioner Neverez could pull a rabbit out of her hat, get Cal too. If you get those three schools in, that'd be a coup. It'd be a really nice addition. Those three schools, even if Stanford doesn't join, would be those three would be great. Or even just Oregon State and Washington State would be great. But she did go to law school at Cal. Maybe she's got some of those connections um, to to keep Cal interested here. Not sure you could lure in Gonzaga. They said no once. And uh, the uh, with her in charge, they made a sweetheart deal to Gonzaga to keep them in the West Coast Conference. Would all of this change across the college landscape cause them to rethink that and perhaps join the Mountain West? I don't know. That's tough to say, considering they've been They've had talks with it. We're talking with the Big 12. They were talking with the Pac-12 before all this change. So they've been wooed uh, by some bigger some bigger opportunities. But I don't know if those are dead, possibly alive. But I would certainly go to them with a nice offer and figure out a way to attract them. She's a former commish. She's probably got some valued and trusted relationships with the admin there. Um, so maybe she could pull off a deal. And boy, would that be a nice coup and a big splash for the league. Anyways, we're going to talk about all of this with our guest for today, CSU Athletic Director Joe Parker, who's been kind enough to join us every month during the school year. He's always more than gracious to answer our questions with great thought and candidness, which we love. Joe, thank you as always for joining us. How has your summer been? It's been a busy summer, Joel, but it is now officially over as we're talking <laughs> off air Uh August 1st is when we marked the conclusion of the summer. So that was certainly the case this year. And how uh, excited are you for the school year and the athletic season's about to get underway? You know, I'm more fired up this year, I think, than any other year that I've been here. And I've always approached the start of every academic year in the fall season with great enthusiasm. Um, you know, but they're just, you know, I've watched how hard our students have worked through the spring and then certainly in this off season to get ready for what's ahead. So I'm I'm excited. You know, Emily Cohen, a new coach in volleyball and Jay in the second season and, and uh, you know, all of our other programs ramping up soccer with Keeley. So fired up, really looking forward to what's ahead. Well, it's uh, obviously going to have a lot of questions around this mayhem going on with conference realignment and and whatnot and where CSU stands. But uh, just in, in general terms, what were your thoughts and emotions on the implosion of a league that has been around over 100 years in the Pac-12? Yeah, so so unfortunate, um, you know, but it, it's certainly a, a sign of where we're at, um, you know, across the entire college sports landscape. And, and it's 
it's usually the pattern that almost every industry follows. You know, there's there's always strong forces that are pushing towards consolidation. And, you know, I thought I thought this would be happening, but probably not in this latest uh, renewal cycle. But when, you know, Pac-12 just got in into the market at the wrong time. Um, and, uh, you know, they just, in the end, they, they didn't get a lifeline that was secure enough to hold the league together. So it's, it's unfortunate and, you know, hate to see that happen. I think that's not a, uh, you know, a, a good thing for college sports by any means to no longer have a, a Western league uh, based, you know, based in the Western United States. But, but when you kind of play that, run that ground ball out, it's, you know, we, we, you know, are in many ways, you know, the fan bases, you know, for a lot of the Western United States schools just don't respond in the way that you see it happening in the Midwest or the Southeast, you know, where the two strongest conferences have really emerged with the Big Ten and the SEC. And then certainly, um, you know, the Big 12 and just that 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 middle part of our of our country is where, you know, there's just a insatiable passion for college football, especially. And, you know. We, you know, we got to continue to grow that element uh, and encourage it. And, and you know, hopefully five, 10 years down the road, you know, we, we've created something different, unique that that uh, TV audiences respond to. I talked to you privately over the phone last week, and uh, you had told me days in advance of the Pac-12's death, or at least what it once was, that you didn't think that league was going to survive based on everything you were seeing. And you were right on exactly what happened what do you think happens with the ACC next uh I I think they're in in genuine conversations to see if there's a possibility of drawing Stanford and Cal into the league you know they were meeting yesterday that is the presidents and the ADs I think in two separate sessions and and it's a decision didn't come out of yesterday and I think they're just doing more due diligence um uh, as I understand, I think the ACC contract provides for, you know, pro rata share for ads. I don't know how many they can go up to and expect, you know, that the, the, the money will expand as well to cover those new entrants. But, um, you know, it, it would have been unheard of to have two California schools contemplating joining a, uh, a league that is, I think all their all their schools are in the Eastern time zone. You know, they really they really hug the Eastern Seaboard. You know, I think their their most Western uh, member is Louisville. Um, so it's just it's just strange that you know we have that, and you know we talk a lot, and especially here on this campus, I think we'll continue to do that. We it's our number one guiding principle: student athletes first and foremost, and. And I, I think you make these decisions with believing you can rationalize the impact of travel on your your students and your staff and your teams. But, you know, we witnessed it when I was in the Big 12 with West Virginia. It's it's real when you're crossing multiple time zones and, and trying to compete and get your teams back in a timely fashion so they can get to class. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, if not near impossible. Joe, thanks again for being on with us. CBS Sports, uh, Dennis Dodd, he reported that San Diego State was attempting to pull together those remaining four uh, Pac-4 teams, along with some Mountain West teams and some AAC teams, uh, to form kind of the best of the rest. Uh, they said it failed. 
as the Mountain West announced, everyone's unified. So what do you know about all that right there? Yeah, I, you know, Mike, I, I think at these points, at these moments in time, everything is on the table, everything's being discussed in concept, obviously, mostly, and you just, you start to kind of run out the scenarios and, and determine, you know, each of us has an obligation to understand, you know, I mean, we all have a fiduciary responsibility to our campus, right? And so you're just trying to think through um, in these moments of disruption, you know, how how can you uh, improve your situation. And, and so, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't read Dennis's article. Um, I saw the San Diego response to it, you know, but I, I, I'd say that, you know, some of these things in concept get, gets run out and ultimately, you know, you, you, you realize that, you know, some things just simply aren't feasible. You know, I will say about our situation, as I said, always, you know, we, you know, I want to I want to be absolutely clear. Um, leadership of this university, President Parsons, myself, and everyone else associated with with guiding this university forward, uh, wants to do everything we can to ensure that that we play at the highest level of Division One and FBS, full stop, and that our current peer group, which we're proud of being a part of the Mountain West, you know, we want to be the preeminent program in the Mountain West, and if we're doing um, you know, those two things and kind of pulling every lever to keep ourselves uh, on the front edge of that curve, then there's always going to be positive things happening for CSU. And, you know, we we have deep relationships across the United States and in all the areas that, you know, are our decision points as it relates to conference affiliations. And we're always going to have those conversations open and and the lines of communication working, and and Amy's been phenomenal, and uh, and, and you know, but we're very respectful of of you know our peers in the Mountain West. You know, we we have a really strong group. I, I love it when we meet in person. I mean, it's a very collegial attitude amongst all the athletics directors. We we uh, believe in the conference, and we do everything in our respective ways on each of our campuses to improve the league each and every day. But ultimately, it's it's up to us and our team performances to you know to to pull recognition to our league and help build that brand. So, you know, that's what each and every one of us is focused on on a daily basis. In your opinion, what's an ideal scenario here? Would would it be the for the Mount West anyway? Would 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 it be a straight merger, Mount West and the schools left in the pack, where you maybe assume the Pac-12 name, take the brand, bowl affiliations, whatever? everything that goes along with that, with that, it, it does seem like there's a couple schools there that probably aren't into that from the, the remaining pack schools, but would that be kind of your, your thought as the ideal outcome here? I, I, I think that at some pe point people may be left without choice and, and um, yeah, I'd love to see that happen. I mean, it seems like as there's these moves towards consolidations, you know, bulking up on numbers is is something that people are tending to do. You know, we've got the Big Ten at 18 now. We've got the SEC at 16. Big 12 is at 16. ACC is standing at, is it 14 or 15 plus Notre Dame? Um, you know, so I'd feel really good if we could land the plane um, at that moment in time where, there's 16 schools that are geographically lined in the Western United States. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're a high performing academic institution here, you know, to be associated with, 
Stanford and Cal and Washington State and Oregon State would be, I think, an ideal scenario. It, it sounds like for everyone's kind of this opinion that Stanford thinks they're here and they might be right, and that everyone else is down here and, and to a lesser extent, Cal. Uh, but being able to pull off that kind of a merger means that you're going to be able to convince Stanford and Cal to come along. In your opinion, is that realistic? Um, is there hope to entice them? I know you I, said that at some point there may not be options, but there's yeah, there's the I, option of independence at least. I don't know that there's, you know, you you were the you use the word entice, you know. I mean that that suggests that you know that there's, you know, that you've got some financial incentives perhaps that you can lay on the table. That that is not going to happen. Um, you know, I think Stanford, by virtue of who Stanford is, and um, you know, just the, the 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 financial strength of that institution, the endowment that supports all of their activities, they they have choices that are unavailable to anyone else, and that would be, you know, they they could shift to uh, an independent model. That's difficult, particularly when the the runway is so short to try and assemble something for the 2024 season, um, but. You know, I, I think that's going to be what they run into. If, if they can't find shelter somewhere else, their greatest difficulty will be, um, you know, just the, the practical logistics of competition and conference affiliation matters. I mean, it it makes, you know, a huge difference. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't even wrap my mind around trying to assemble 12 games and, you know, literally uh little more than 12 month period to be prepared to play games in the 24 season. I don't think it's possible with conference affiliations and, and already contractual relationships. But as I said, you know, Stanford could call a bunch of schools and buy them out of, you know, you know, some of their guarantee games or, or non-conference schedules. So anything I suppose is possible. I think Cal has less of those options. You know, they're a, uh, you know, an incredible institution, but, uh, you know, they, they don't have nearly the the financial war chest that they could lean into to kind of bridge through a difficult period. So I think they have probably less options. And in Oregon State and Washington State, you know, without being tethered to, you know, an A5 television contract, you know, they, they look exactly like Colorado State, you know, from a a, a, a budgeting perspective with how they can approach things. You know, they just, I don't think either one of those schools would likely be in a position where they could just simply solve, solve it by brute force of, you know, their financial capabilities. So for the longest time, the PAC 12 wouldn't expand and, and you talk, you heard about San Diego state, a Fresno, a Boise, a UNLV, and those schools not aligning academically with the PAC 12. Uh, especially with Cal and Stanford, is that kind of the hang up now that it's not just a slam dunk deal for those four schools to, to come in because academically they don't really fit with a handful of the Mountain West schools? Um, I, I think that's, you know, you, you, you know, obviously they've been accustomed to living in a certain neighborhood, um, you know, so, so when you, when you have to, you know, change, change your environment. Um, you know, that that's hard to do, but, 
you know, they still have a strong desire to compete in division one and FBS. And I think, you know, if they, if they run all of the options uh, to the ground and, and are not able to come up with anything, I think at that point, you know, the choice is, you know, you really have no choice and you've got to, you know, swallow your academic pride perhaps and, and make some decisions that otherwise may not have been a part of your decision tree. Um, but, but I, you know, I also think too, you know, as we've seen, you know, all of these things are temporary to some extent, you know, so maybe that's a bridge solution for them for a period of time. And then at some point, you know, the world changes again. Um, you know, nothing, nothing anymore seems to be cast in stone. You know, they, they evaporated a, a league that worked really well for over a hundred years and in a matter of hours. Um, and I think there was a lot of resistance to doing that. They knew the consequences of that, how that was going to feel and, and what the reaction would be. Um, but ultimately they, they did in fact make that decision. Well, you have to hope that, you know, you, you've talked about this many times about this new development where next year there's six spots, six, the top six conference champs are going to have a spot in the college football playoff. So they probably will take one of those away now, knowing them. they've already started talking about it. Uh, but you would hope that those two schools or all four schools, but especially St Stanford and Cal would evaluate that, that, you know, they're going to have the best option, the best opportunity to make it to the playoff by joining one of these non-autonomous leagues with probably if they join, we're going to every year, probably going to have the, the highest ranked champ come from it, um, at least on paper. Right. So um, you would hope that would happen, but are you, are you already nervous about what, Commissioner Sankey is saying from the SEC, like we're gonna have to start reevaluating who's getting these these auto births and things like that. Do you think that uh, these previous A five now A four whatever you want to call it are are gonna try to hoard all these things for themselves again? Uh, yes, I mean that's what we see, right? There's um, you know there's an insatiable appetite for you know drawing financials, and a conference commissioner's job is to bring resources into the league, you know, for distribution amongst membership. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, that, that will, that will happen under what time frame I don't know. Um, but, but are there opportunities, right? I mean, the, the big 12 SEC look a lot different than the ACC and the big 12, you know, I mean, everything right now is, you know, kind of a weighted vote. Um, I think 80% of the decision-making and 80% 80 of the financials have been assigned to the, a5 leagues the now historic A5 leagues and then 20% of the decision making model and 20% of the financials has been uh planned to be allocated amongst the G5 so you know I, I could see a moment where you know there's discussion about you know Big 10 and SEC should get a, a, a higher share than ACC and Big 12 and then you know maybe maybe whatever could be created from this unfortunate moment you know, gets gets possibly a greater share than, you know, than than Sunbelt and, and Conference USA and maybe American gets similar to what, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to slice the pie. And I think you've got to, you know, if if there were a benevolent dictator, a czar of college football, um, if if I were that person, I would want to make sure sure I figure out a way to get every community in America caring about college football as much as I possibly can, you know, to, to shut the door on any one of the schools that has an aspiration to play an FBS 
would be, um, yeah, I think that'd be short-sighted. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, we compete amongst ourselves, but we're also vying for, you know, some share of the national uh, attention as it relates to live sports broadcast. And, you know, the, the NFL is, you know, the top of the, is the apex predator, so to speak, you know, I, I'd want to figure out a way to grow and enhance college football as much as I can to make sure that we have, you know, a position of, of strength as it rates across all of these sports, um, sports properties. So, so that, that's my point of view, but, you know, absolutely. There may be smarter people with different ideas. I don't know. Well, more selfish ideas is what, what we're seeing, unfortunately. Yeah. What a great conversation. Let me pause real quick and talk about Ginger and Baker. Did you know that the cafe has happy hour every Tuesday to Friday from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. with $5 wines, cocktails, and beer? They also have an amazing menu of American comfort food classics and specialties like Chef Ryan's crawfish and pimento cheese rangoons. Not to be outdone, upstairs in the cash, you can find Whiskey Wednesday, where they have 50% off select pours, including the Lock & Company Aspen Aged Rye Whiskey. Pair that with any of their steaks and chops, and don't forget to just swing through their popsicle window for a gourmet popsicle where you can find such flavors as blood orange and mint, or pineapple and basil. And of course, they've got great events and cooking classes throughout the month. Check out gingerandbaker.com slash calendar for a full list of cooking classes and other events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. Um, all right, so if, if Stanford and Cal do their thing, they have another option, and it leaves just Oregon State and Washington State as the final two PAC members. Does that mean that the conference is officially done, or could they still – because you see that – I keep seeing this. If Stanford and Cal have different options, then that would leave Oregon State and Washington State to just slide on into the, the Mountain West. But it, does that does that mean at that point there's only two left that the Pac-12 officially dissolves? Or could they still try to form a conference and keep the Pac name themselves as just those two? Um, you know, I, 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 there's probably a lot of... Um... You know, I, I haven't studied their bylaws. You know, I, d I don't know at which point there's, you know, I guess if there's still if there's still just one member, you know, if everyone else is left, I mean, someone's there to turn the lights on and off every day. Um, but, Joel, I, I don't know enough about, you know, how they've structured their bylaws to say, you know, I, I think as we kind of talk through, you know, scenarios, there there is you know, value in the, in the IP and the intellectual property of the PAC 12. So, you know, ultimately if there's, you know, a decision to, to mush these two entities together, you know, in some new membership, you know, then the decision would be, you know, what, how do we brand ourselves? You know, is there, is there more value in, in the, the PAC name or is there value in the Mountain West name? You know, what are the, what are the, uh, existing liabilities that the PAC-12 has to manage, you know, to, you know, would a would an entity operating under that brand, you know, be obligated to those entities, you know, those obligations rather. Um, so it, you know, those are those are all things that would be, you know, kind of determined at a later date. You know, the first idea would be conceptually, you know, can we can we 
collectively play as a as an expanded league and then and then how do we brand ourselves you know what you know obviously their their structure their staffing structure would have to change in the pac 12 you know i think they've got a a significant investment in how they operate they still have a, a network um you know a lot a lot of things to be determined that probably couldn't be sorted out in the time we have here I'd like to see the mount if that happens the mountain west commissioner and staff slide on in and stay and stay in charge based on what we've seen so um this is this is gonna be a tough question for you to answer probably publicly publicly but if push came to shove and the pack four were wanting to hand select half of the mount west or four or five teams from the mount west and a few from the a the american for instance would we consider that move I mean, considering there's a $34 million exit fee to leave for next year, no guarantee of financial windfall in the new league. Uh, there's a lot of hard questions that probably are going through your mind. And I'm sure that this conversation has come up for every single Mount West athletic director and president in recent days is if this scenario plays out, what do we do? Would you consider that? And would you also do it at the expense of maybe breaking rivalries that we've had for a long time if if those other schools weren't part of it? I think we have an obligation, a fiduciary obligation to Colorado State. So we'd have to make a, you know, our, our best informed assessment of, of, um, you know, all of the, all of the decision points and, and then advance, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know, Joel, that's a, that's a really tough one to, to answer as, as you pointed out, um, you know, you, you always hope to, you know, to enhance your lot in life. So I don't know if that would be an enhancement right now or not. You know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty for what's, you know, their, their future. You know, we know for three years, we've got a stable linear broadcasting contract with CBS and Fox and, and uh, you know, right now they're, they're staring into the abyss. The Mountain West came out today. They made their statement. Uh, Commissioner Navarez uh, mentioned that there's a small advisory uh, team helping out with all this right now is uh is csu part of that uh is part of that team right now we're, we're always a part of everything that's going on within the conference office um so you know that um you know we're, amy's amy's really tightly connected to the board of directors i think she's a respected voice and and uh obviously you know Tom Berman is the longest tenured AD in the in the conference, and I'm the second longest tenured AD in the conference. So, you know, they're they're always going to look to us at any point in time for thought, guidance, and and uh, informed opinion. So, with this realignment and everything that's going on, how involved are you in this process, or is it more Amy as the president? Like, are you working together on this? Like. What exactly is that process? Yeah, we, we, you know, Mike, the best way to describe it is uh, open lines of communication are valuable and probably the most valuable thing that, that, uh, that you have, you know, certainly, you know, people know who CSU is. They know, you know, the strength of the academy, the, the value of the university as it relates to our academics and our research. You know, it, it, it's quite clear, you know, where our, our teams are as it relates to their performance and maturation. And then there's also an assessment, I think, of, of you know, the upside potential, which I think in our case is, 
is something that you know we've got to deliver on but but probably looks really really good in any of these uh assessments but amy you know amy works directly with her peer group with presidents and i work directly with my peer group um athletic directors and then there's a lot of folks that are um, in kind of supportive roles, whether they're, you know, in the TV space or the consultant space or, um, you know, uh, you know, commissioners or 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 even past commissioners and athletics directors. You know, I mean, it, it's you just want to stay um, as close to the information and ahead of the media reporting so that you have some ability to be proactive as opposed to reactive and. I think we've been very successful in doing that. And we've we've never been a school that's going to project that outwardly. We've, you know, I don't think that gains any anything. You know, it, it might feel good in the moment, but I think it can become a distraction. And it and uh, you know, I think CSU has always been comfortable with our identity and who we are and our ability to influence situations around us. And that's what we've been doing. Uh, each and every day and in every way. I mean, these these conversations have been ongoing, you know, almost almost have never stopped. But, you know, from February, March, April through the summer, you know, we've we've been having all the right conversations that people that care about CSU would be expecting us to have. How much conversation has happened with the TV partners about what adding schools would do? Yeah, part- that that that's that's going to happen at the conference level, um, you know, and, and Gloria has done a nice job of putting uh, people in place that have those pre-existing relationships, you know, that she's contracting with to help navigate that, um, that conversation, um, you know, and at this point, you know, with TV partners, there's no secrets. I mean, they, they know exactly how each of us, they know exactly how every time, you know, a particular brand goes on television, how a TV audience is going to respond to it, you know? So when I, when I get on my hands and knees sometimes and beg people to engage with our university, you know, as you know, Ram Nation sometimes has a, a negative response to that, but, but it's real, you know, and I can't, you know, Amy can't do that by herself. I can't do it by myself. You know, we can work really hard to construct, you know, teams that are going to have success, but ultimately, you know, we need people to to do their part and respond and, and engage with these programs because, you know, we hear a lot from people about their aspirations for the institution, but in order for those aspirations to be fulfilled, you know, it'd be, yeah, sure, I'd love to be able to say we've won, you know, an average of nine games the last, you know, six football seasons, but I can't. But another story to be told would be, yeah, but even in spite of our team's, you know, struggles, we've sold out you know, two games every season or three games every season. And, and, you know, that's not a part of the story or narrative that we can weave in. So people need to buy their Washington state tickets tonight. So I'm challenging Ram nation to go out, do it, people buy their, buy their WSU tickets, enjoy a brilliant Labor Day weekend on campus, celebrating with fellow Rams and we'll beat the, uh, we'll hopefully beat or rather we'll beat the Cougs. Um, that may have someday be a conference opponent. Who knows? Well, well speaking of them possibly being a conference opponent, um, what do you think the time frame is as far as all this 
whether we merge with them, whether we go to the Pac-12, whether they come to the Mountain West? Uh, I think decisions are going to have to be made pretty soon because then you've got to get under the hood and start, you know, managing the, the scheduling pieces. And that's never an easy task. And, you know, the expectation is, is that when the fall seasons kick off in 2024, you know, we, we'd have to have that figured out. Um, you know, there's, you know, you got to be able to plan travel and, and, you know, secure lodging and, and do all the, you know, in the case of football, it's, it's major movement of, you know, a, a sizable group of people that just doesn't happen without a lot of advanced planning. Um, I want to give you a chance to respond to this, but uh, Brady Hall, who has been great to see in his coverage for 1310 KFKA radio, he tweeted last week that his sources said that uh, CSU is taking a more passive approach to this whole realignment thing. This was before the Pac-12 had blown up um, rather than being aggressive and that we were more just kind of waiting by the phone during the whole process. What is your take on that? Yeah. So, Joel, when we talked last week, I was pretty affirmative that the Pac-12 was going to implode, right? Yes, you were. That was well in advance of the media reporting of it actually happening, correct? Yes. Does that sound like the activities of a passive person that's just waiting for things to wash over them? By so you had, you had, you through conversations had, had figured out that was coming. So, yes. and, and, you know, it's not just PAC 12, but obviously over the years, we've talked about this many times with you over the months, but uh, what, I mean, what are, what are some of the things that you do and can do you and the board of governors and president Parsons to make sure that we are at the forefront of conversations Um you know, obviously you're making the investments and you're, you're bringing on new staff and, and coaches and building facilities. But as far as like being aggressive, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that, or have, have done anyway, I don't know what, if there's any more windows open at this point, but to, to make sure that CSU is at the forefront. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, as I've said before, you know, some of it relates directly to relationships and, you know, in, in my case, I feel very fortunate to, to, you know, been doing this long enough to have, you know, grown up with a lot of people that you read about, you know, that are, that are viewed as the absolute thought leaders in, in college sports, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, you know, you could pick, look at my directory on my phone and, and watch my call log. And I'm not, not suggesting people do that, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, uh, you know, but but relationships aren't everything, right? I mean, it gets your foot in the door, and people listen and share. Um, but you know, we we've got to we've got to do more as a university, as a department, to demonstrate that we can reach levels of sustained success, particularly with football. And and I think when you look at our willingness to um, invest, whether it be facilities or when we feel like we need to make a staffing change. Um, the way that we put, um, you know, programs in place to support our, our student athletes, you know, I think we, we are doing everything that, that anyone at the top level of G5 is doing. And we're doing, uh, in some cases, as much as what schools in the, in the lower level of what has historically been A5 are doing. And, and the one thing I've always been proud of is we, we, we've really demonstrated that we can, you know, in the, in the, in the space of financials, we can put, punch well above our weight. You know, we can, 
find really creative ways to build programming that has meaning and and I think um, eventually will lead to the success that we're all eager to see. Hey, I know that um, you've got less than 10 minutes here. Uh, we got several key questions I want to make sure we ask. So feel free to be a little brief in, in your responses yep. here. But yep. um, I, what the the thought? What are your thoughts on the on the Apple Plus offer for the Pac-12, which was a super streaming heavy deal with no guarantee for linear coverage? As an AD, if that was presented to you as an option, how would you have felt about that? Yeah, that that that's risky. I can see why that created pause and hesitation, particularly the schools that that have grown accustomed to building their brand through linear platforms. You know, I think as Gen Z matures, you know, that's likely where we're going to be. Um, but there's still a lot of people that are comfortable with their remote and just pointing it at a TV and, you know, kind of scrolling through a, um, you know, a schedule directory. And, and, you know, there's risk that you're going to lose those people if you're in a pure streaming platform. So I get it, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I would have been thinking, you know, this is innovative. It's interesting. You know, Apple's a, you know, a, a significant force, um, not only in our economy, but across the entire globe. So, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to join in with a partner, you know, why not go with one of the best that has, you know, unlimited resources nearly to, to make the venture successful. Do you think, um, if there was a merger of sorts where we stay with Fox and CBS, but merge with the PAC schools, we could go to Apple and say, Hey, would, you know, would you be interested in the games not picked up by our top linear TV partners and, and be able I'd, to broadcast those or how does yeah, that, like that work? I'd like to think we could have that conversation. It seems like there is an appetite on their part to explore the space and, you know, that'd be a, a way for them to, you know, begin to understand, you know, how audiences respond to football content in, in that way. Yeah, there was a brief flirtation about five years ago with Gonzaga in the Mountain West. Um, is there any talk about if there is an expansion looking at schools like Gonzaga or St. Mary's? Um, there's never been a day where we've talked about uh, conference alignment scenarios where we haven't mentioned Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Um, you know, the, the strength of our basketball brand in the West is is now the best that's there is to offer. So I think there's probably no better time to energize around those conversations and see if there's possibilities. But but I think you got to you got to solve the other pieces first, and then that's right. that's got to be a, a close second conversation. Considering who Stanford is and their their hist you know their storied Olympic sports roster. If if they decided to go independent or it landed in uh, whatever, would the Mountain West be open to housing there? Every sport but football. I don't know. You know, I I I I would probably argue against that. I mean, any association with Stanford, you know, people might suggest is a good association, but but in fairness to the resources that they're able to bring to bear around their Olympic sport programs and their proven history, I don't know that that would be. You know, I, I'm not sure I'd feel like that would be the, in the best interest of, of our Olympic sport programs. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. you know, if you do that, you're, you're, you're probably in most cases, at least for a while, shipping every conference championship trophy to Palo Alto. Hmm. All right. Just a couple more here. Quick ones, Joe, uh, Denver post, Sean Keeler wrote a uh, column yesterday saying that the 
Colorado State Auditor indicated CSU had spent more in the 22 fiscal year on football than CU did with only 19.2 million in self-supporting revenue, ticket sales, media rights, merchandise coming back, which gave us a deficit of 11.7 million. Is that skew? Is that just because of the stadium debt or what's he talking about? Yeah, our we report our stadium debt and the and the football financials because it's associated with that program. So, you know, you know, Sean never, you know, I guess he wrote this as an opinion piece, so maybe he's not obligated to reach out to check his facts and you know the approach that he's going to have because it's his opinion. But um, you know, it's an opinion I don't agree with um, because you're right. I mean, that was a, a facility debt service number that's embedded in our football budget and. If you're comparing to apples to apples, that's not an apples to apples comparison. So, you know, but Sean, Sean can do whatever Sean wants to do and people can read it and consume it and try and understand it. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't think, you know, if, if you shared that with 10 out of 10 people, they'd probably say, you know, that's flawed, uh, flawed accounting on his part. All right. Lastly, before we let you go, can you give us an update on season tickets and uh, ticket sales for the opener? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the openers season ticket wise, I think we're going to land about where we were last year. So that's probably somewhere around 10,000, hopefully that we can get over that number. And then on uh, WSU, I think the latest graphic that our, our team put out on social is pretty correct. We're just under 8,000 tickets left for that. Now the, the outlier and thankfully, you know, and I always give kudos to our students, you know, if we have space, we're going to let students in well beyond the 10,500 that are typically reserved for them. So, you know, that's that's kind of our our uh, ace in the hole, so to speak, on how we might be able to close that gap in a hurry. You know, our students the last two seasons, particularly for the first half of the year, have shown up in full force. So uh, we're going to keep pushing um, you know, sales to the public and to Ram Nation and then wherever we stop in that moment, even walk-ups, you know, we're just going to let students come in and, and hopefully that puts us in a position that we can declare a sellout. That would be nice. It's going to be a glorious day. Yep, it will be. I can count on you guys being there. We will be there. We'll be there, of course. All right, All right guys. Thank it's you, Joe. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate you. All right. Go Rams. Go Rams. Thanks, Rams. All right, that was Joe Parker. A lot of interesting stuff there. Give us your reactions on the Ram Nation message board. Let us know what you think. And uh, I'm sure we will learn more. Gosh, a month from now when we talk to him again, who knows what could happen by then. But uh, some eye-opening stuff in there. And uh, he made it pretty clear that they have not been sitting by the phone. He's been working the phones and working his contacts at both the Big 12, Pac-12. And uh, became pretty apparent as during his conversations that they were in trouble. So, um a lot of good stuff uh, to digest there. So uh, let's wrap this one up for today. Uh, look forward to chatting about your reactions on the message boards. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. We are getting damn close to some football. Cannot wait for that. Thanks for listening. Please support our sponsors. They make this thing go. Thanks to Mike Rowe and Joe Parker. Go Rams. And mama cooked the breakfast with no harm. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a 